0: Chapter 20 Wicken awoke, his face afire. He touched his cheek, wincing. How could he have fallen asleep like that, under the open sky? The river was now so wide that the trees on either side did not quite meet. Sunlight cut through the ragged slit in the forest's deep gloom, striking him full in the face. Wiccan rummaged in his pack, took out the salve Gom had given him, and lathered it on. At least his eyes were fine, he found, looking around. Ahead The river ran straight, and the gloom seemed lighter. The end of the forest, Wiccan realized, taking up the pole and keeping the raft steady against the quickening currents. All at once, he was out under clear blue sky, and moving between low grassy banks and open land. Looking back, Wiccan saw a solid screen of foliage. Gone was the wide and airy opening through which he'd come. The water seemed to flow from under low interlocking branches, letting in not a wink of the outside world. Climbing to his feet, he braced himself against the raft's bounce and gazed about taking in the expanse of pale blue sky and low scrub fading into the distance. How far south did the river run? How would he know when he was near his people's home? Did the river run by it? Would folk see him coming? He got down again and finished off Gong's bread and cheese. Still hungry, he opened Ethac's rations, took out a hunter's cake, and broke it in half, stowing the rest for supper. The cake, of mysterious origins deep within the baker's caverns, was brittle and tasteless even when fresh. Wiccan knew from his thick-sad tours that it was made to be eaten within the day. After that, though still good and full of nourishment, it set like baked clay, hard enough to break one's teeth. Cupping his hands, he scooped up water from the stream and drank. Maybe he should have listened more to Gon, he told himself, wiping off his hands. While Ethak maintained that Fakir couldn't have travelled so far all by herself, maybe things hadn't been so simple. And anyway, what did Ethak know? "'about the world beyond the crig. "'His folk could live much farther than Wiccan had expected, "'and some way from the river, too. "'Wiccan looked back once more. "'The forest was now a smudge of grey-blue haze on the horizon. "'A few more minutes, and it would be out of sight.' He emptied his pack, restowed the salves and lotions that Gom had given him. He took up his visor, weighed it in his hands, then, on impulse, hurled it from him. It cut a shallow, shining arc across the water, then hit without a splash, and disappeared that done. He set about stowing the rest of his belongings, spare clothes, his reed pipe. We can put it to his lips, and, setting his fingers to the holes, blew into it with force. Out came a high, thin note, almost making him drop the pipe. He had remembered. Wiccan moved his fingers up and down the reed's length, stopping two, three holes at a time, making different notes. If he could only learn which holes and fingers made each one, he could make a tune. He was just warming up to it when he saw the raft was drifting in toward the river bank. Setting down the reed, he pulled back into midstream and watched a while to make sure the raft was once more steady. No more time to play. He put away the reed, then took up the tag that had so caught Gom's eye. Wickham slipped his fingers through the chain, letting the tag dangle the chain twisted, then untwisted, gleaming in the sunlight, the tag twirling on the end of it, showing each side in turn. Wiccan gazed at the faded characters, wondering what they said, wishing he could read them. Whilst gone potion, had given him the power of speech and understanding, it did not stretch to writings, so it seemed. Wind caught the little thing, setting it a-sway. Wicken thought back to when he'd found the tag clasped in the Keir's hands. His mother's hands. The glint of gold in the torch-flames had caught his eye. Gold was precious under the mountain, only the king wore it. The parchment? In the crig it was made from deerskin, stretched thin, rolled, then pressed flat. It was common enough, everyone had use of it. This parchment scrap was lighter, finer than Krigmorran parchment. It had been crudely cut or even ripped from some bigger sheet by the looks of it, and the hole for the chain might have been punched with a nail. Had his mother made it? If so, she had done it in a hurry. For their journey, maybe? Why? For what purpose? Wiccan gazed at it thoughtfully, minded of the tags and badges that Morin sported on their thermal suits, so that folk would know who was under the helmets, name and rank and occupation. Was this some sort of identity tag also? It had certainly made Gom sit up. Did it state his mother's name? Or his own? Mother. Wickham closed his eyes, seeing the figure lying on the icy bed, arms crossed over her breast. From that first moment, he'd felt an inexplicable connection, enough to send him from the mountain to seek help for her. No wonder. Mother, he said aloud. When they met, how would it go? And what would she think of him? A quick Moran Mother, really loved her children even though they grew up in the Hicksads. Year after year, he'd watched family gatherings on high holidays, had seen the love, the tenderness they shared. Soon he'd be feeling that too, and they would both make up the lost years. He slipped the chain about his neck, and tucked the tag beneath his shirt. Mindful of the sun, Wiccan knotted a kerchief and set it atop his head. With everything stowed away, he closed his pack. Glancing behind, Wiccan now saw nothing but bushes on the horizon. The sick colours lost to haze. The river was cutting wide meanders now. While it had slowed some from its headlong rush out of the dunderfoss, it was still going fast enough, and, he noticed with a start, throwing the raft from side to side, threatening to bump it ashore. He reached for the paddle and began to apply himself, stroking the water on either side to keep the platform in midstream. So intent he was children on his task that he did not notice the speck huddling towards him, then spiralling down overhead. Well, some trip I've had to catch up with you. Forest got rid of you fast. Looking up, Wiccan nearly fell overboard. That pesky bird again. What was it doing so far from the Dunderfoss? Of course, Gorm had sent it. To shoo him back. As Wiccan stood looking up, the bird swooped, calling hoarsely. Why, don't you look a sight, no better than when you had that hairy helmet on. What's that all over your face? Wicken drew the paddle back as though to strike. But K.K. called his bluff, landing smartly atop his pack, digging her claws into the hide. Put that thing down or I'll unraft you the crude craft, unmanned, swung in toward the farther bank, fishtailing in the currents. We can drop the paddle anyway. I'm not going back. Gone must stay and mind my mother, tell him I said so. This in Moran, without thinking. What was he doing? he asked himself. The creature wouldn't understand a word, he said no matter what tongue he used. But K.K. understood all right, from his defiant stance, from the tilt of his chin, from the feisty tone of voice. She rose abruptly to fly back the way she'd come, then hovered, torn. Long ago, just before the fall of Sundor, She had travelled this river way with gom, and she recalled it well. Some distance ahead, the river narrowed between two cliffs, and slow meanders turned to foaming torrent spiked with granite rocks. Diving once more, she flew at twicken, then inches from him flapped her wings in such a way as would have made a grown man dive off that raft. Wiccan raised his arms to ward her off, alarmed now. Had the bird gone mad, why would it attack him? As K.K. rose to dive again, Wiccan reached out and touched her thought. Not mad, not mad at all. Only deeply anxious to the point of panic. About what? Danger! Beware! Danger! Wiccan closed his eyes, caught a flash of boiling waters broken by jagged points. The raft was feet from the bank. Bump! Wiccan grabbed his pack and leapt, landing face down on the bank. The raft spun, bucketed away. Picking himself up, Wiccan stood and watched it out of sight. The harrier swooped again, chattering urgently. I'm not going back, Wiccan called after it, this time in common tongue. And you'd better be right about those rocks. Wicken set off along the river bank, determined to ignore it, but the bird stayed with him, loud as ever. On a sudden thought, Wicken shifted. That brought the creature up short, he saw with satisfaction. Not for long, though. It already knew he could make himself invisible, hadn't he? done just that the very first time they met. For full one minute it hovered, as though trying to get its bearings. Then it began to cut slow, wide arcs about the place where he stood. Wicken moved on, thinking to keep going until he was out of the bird's range. But the bird, evidently realising That if Wiccan was following the river it would not lose him for long, simply flew up and down the river bank in slow easy wing beats, easily outpacing him. With a sigh, Wiccan shifted back to visible. Get off! Go back to Gom, he shouted, and moved on without looking up again.